We're here with uh, Sifu Mark Phillips once again. I previously interviewed uh, Sifu Phillips for the Wington podcast, The Sifu Stories. And today we're going to be taking a different approach. We're going to be talking about mindset. How to have a strong mindset when uh, you're training, not just in Wington, but martial arts in general. And also in life to, uh, to learn how to win and how to lose Efficiently. Sifu Phillips, tell us, uh, for the people that missed our last podcast, tell us a bit about yourself when you started out with, uh, with martial arts and uh, how you kept a strong will and strong mindset. Well, firstly, thank you for having me back. I thought after my last performance, I didn't know I would ever be back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did, actually. I didn't tell you, but I knew it. <laughs> no, uh, well, for the guys that don't, uh, that haven't come across any of my work before, uh, I've been studying Wing Chun for over 30, well, well over 30 years now, uh, professionally. So uh, I am a dedicated teacher. In other words, I don't have a daytime job. This is what I do, and this is what I've done my whole adult life, which is teach and train. Uh, as time's gone on, we've we've developed as most of most people in the martial arts community into an online. Uh, community, which uh, we we now have uh, quite an expansive following on YouTube, and have over a hundred thousand followers. Which, well, actually, up to yesterday, I think we had a hundred and eleven thousand. So that's that's growing. Which for uh, a martial arts channel is, is is considerably quite large, especially a Wing Chun channel as well. Uh, well, well, a channel that specialises in Wing Chun, shall I say? Uh, so you know, we've done quite well with that, and obviously with social media, we're we're, we're reaching out. So. Uh, our message really is, is is much more holistic. We look at not just Wing Chun training, but we look at the psychological side of preparing the minds and, and getting the mind ready for combat. And, and it's not just for combat, but it's for everyday life as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we teach a lot of young people. Every We teach, obviously, like most people in our community that teach martial arts and Wing Chun and so on, you know, our students start from four years of age, so you know we, we could go all the way through up to 60, 70 years of age. Uh, so it's got to be much more than just combat. You, that's the way that I look at it. So we look at teaching in a holistic fashion, uh, not just preparing people for combat, but also... You know, it sounds quite corny, but making them, making them better people, I think, and, and that that's something that we try to do. Right. Well, you mentioned that you prepare people not just for like for combat and for life. What do you feel is the difference or um, the commonalities between training for combat and training actually to improve your life? Ah, there's a lot. There's a lot of similarities, really. Uh, Failure is one of them, and embracing mm. failure is is something. Yes. Look, you know, in combat, you're going to face a lot of ups and downs, uh, and you're going to face a lot of hard times when you're training, where you're you're not getting things, or you're sparring, it's not working, you're doing too sour, you know, you're getting controlled, and and you may look at that as a form of failure. Yeah. And then every day, and in comparison to maybe in an everyday life, uh, you know, you may not be performing well at work or school or in your personal relationships or, you know, something may not be right, may not be working. Uh, so the, there is similarities between the two and, and the mindset that you gain from, I think, martial art training holistically and not just really any specific martial art, I think mm-hmm. martial arts in general, uh, you know, you, you can take that into your personal sphere of life and it does make a difference. It really does. I mean, 
for example, uh, you know, combat, we, we look at the idea of uh, overcoming another person, but really to be able to overcome another person, you have to be able to control of yourself. Yes. I, mean, I, I usually say to people that there's one thing, me wanting to protect myself, but to protect myself, I have to control the other individual. But if I can't control myself first, then I can never control another person. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the starting point, I think, to learning how to defend yourself, learning combat. You, you've got to start with yourself. Yeah. So, go Absol- on. Absolutely. Um, we, had, um, we recently had a seminar, a personal development through martial arts um, seminar, and one of the five keys that I teach for, for people that want to uh, you know, improve your, their lives or just uh, do better at work or anywhere is train martial arts because you really, really get to understand yourself a lot better in terms of failing, right? Because if you haven't failed at least a few times when you train, like you train once, then like, there's no point in yeah. training. Yeah. Failure, I mean, I think you've got to embrace failure. Uh, yes. And a lot of people don't want to. It's a macho thing. They think failure is a bad thing. But you, every time you fail and you come back and you try again, you regrow, you reconstruct yourself, and you go mm-hmm. to one stage further. So you become a, a point one, a point two, a point three, and then eventually you become a, a Mark II version and a Mark two point three, and, and so on. So there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, I think you need that for growth, in fact. And without it, uh, I, you know, when I teach, I have guys that come in, I have two types of students that start in my academy. I have the guys that are naturally gifted to learning Wing Chun, mm-hmm. and they come in, uh, and you know they pick up everything really quickly, and they adapt to sparring and whatever drills we're doing. They pick it up really quickly. They have no problems with their coordination. And then I have guys that come in and really struggle to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know they have all the other issues as well. They struggle with the sparring. They struggle with the drills. But what I find is that as soon as you get the guys that are naturally talented and they hit the first hurdle, the first sort of yes. adversity in training, they give up. Yes. They have a, a greater tendency to, to stop because it came to them easily. Too easily. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Compared to the guys who are like banging on it and working and working and working, they're never going to give up because yeah. they, they're failing and failing and failing. And then when they succeed once, yeah, absolutely. I personally think that a lot of it comes from our education, you know, from the school system because we're generally punished for failing, right, for getting like mm-hmm. bad marks and that's like where that fear comes in. How do you how do you encourage your students to get over that mentality? Well, I, for me, it's a case of face your fears. Uh, and I know that, again, sounds very corny and it sounds easily... It sounds very easy to say facial fears because everybody doesn't want to do that, right? You know, you, you don't want to do it. But, I mean, for example, look, let me give you a classic. I'll give you a personal story. You know, it's not a secret, but I started grappling. And I started grappling uh, because, you know, I trained a stand-up style. I was a Wing Chun teacher. And I, I didn't want to be, as I spoke to you last time, I didn't want to be one of those stand-up teachers that's, I'll start talking about things that I didn't know. In other words... Uh, you know, my students would ask me, how would I defend myself on the ground? And I didn't yeah. want to say, well, you'd use your Wing Chun or you'd do this, you'd do that. So I had to, I thought, you know, I owe it to them to go and learn how to, to, to you know, to grapple. But the reason why I bring this up in the, in the subject is I actually hated it. For the first, it took me about a year. I really struggled with it. And, yeah. you know, 
amount of times I wanted to give up. And, uh, you know, it wasn't just the fact of actually grappling. It was the emotional side because at times uh, when you grapple, you end up exhausting yourself when you first start because you just think, oh, I'm just going to go straight into it. And, uh, you know, there was quite a few times when I was completely exhausted and, you know, getting beaten up and getting tapped out and getting folded like a piece of paper. Uh, And, you know, you leave there and you want to give up. And I'll give you a couple of other examples of, I remember one one occasion I was so exhausted I couldn't breathe and the guy I was training with wouldn't let me stop. I didn't want to stop because it was pride actually. But the Mm -hmm. point is... Uh, I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't something that I naturally thought, this is what I want to do. I'm really good. I'm going to keep going. I actually persisted and persisted and persisted. Uh, You know, and it's no secret now. Everybody knows I'm a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. In fact, I'm a first degree black belt now. So I've been a black belt for some time now. Mm -hmm. But the, the point is, is that you at some point have to embrace that fear and move on from that. And without acknowledging it, it's it's always going to be difficult to 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 face it. But it's not just the facing of the fear; it's also accepting the situation for what it is and having no uh, mm-hmm. forward thinking. So, in other words, you know what we do know about guys that get into confrontations and get into fights, and comp- and then this does cross over for everyday life as well. When they get attacked and suddenly the odds go against them, they struggle to comprehend that it was going to be so severe or so bad. For example, the guy that's never thinks he's ever going to be punched in the face. This is a, this is just more of an analogy than a story. Uh, you know, the guy that trains hard every day, but he thinks he's never going to be punched in the face, suddenly yeah. gets punched in the face, it's going to freak him out. Yes. Whereas, you know, my attitude with my guys are, is I always try to embrace the reality of it. I say, look, you know what? If you're having to defend yourself, there's no such thing as a soft bite. Someone's going to punch you in the face. Uh, but what you have to do is you have to endure that and come back at that person yeah. because that's the nature of the situation. It's an aggressive situation. And it won't freak you out in the same way So because you have that acceptance. And that's the point. So I think that's mm-hmm. the first thing. You have to have the acceptance that it's going to be difficult but have no expectations that it's you're going to uh, – have no expectations in the sense that, I mean, I'll give you a classic example, uh, selections, you know, some people do some organizations, they do selections of staff, whether it be in the military or police Mm -hmm. or have you, you know, sometimes to get through those selections because they're quite arduous mentally, mental and physically is that you have to take short term goals. You have to get through one day to another day, to another day, to another day. Don't look at the end term of it. And that's what I mean by acceptance. You have to accept that it's going to be difficult, but you don't look in the long term of your goal. You look in the short term, which is, right, now I need to deal with this situation, and then I need to deal with the next situation, and then I need to deal with the next situation, rather than I'm going to completely conquer that person. Because if it goes wrong for you, then you do have a lot of problems. You you don't meet your expectations of yourself. And that comes back to what you said about, in a sense, a school system prepares us for failure to a degree because your failure isn't rewarded. Whereas, Mm. uh, you know, what we're talking about is rewarding failure to a certain degree, but understanding that you're going to come out of that and be far, 
far better than you were. I mean, you win or learn. You don't win mm-hmm. or lose. Mm-hmm. You win or learn, and that's 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 the way that, that, that you've got to look at it. Absolutely. So short term. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, when when you mentioned that, it just um, you know, this idea popped in um, in my mind. At least in the personal development space, you enter sometimes into um, a state of disappointment because uh, you see all these like all these motivational uh, videos or all, all these success stories, right? And people don't really talk about how freaking difficult it's going to be and how many times you are actually going to hit your head against the wall, not knowing where to go, not knowing what to do. I mean, I, I, I experienced that in building a school when I had no idea what to do or, you know, how to how to gather people or how to teach and what i find is that if you go with that mindset that you just mentioned that you are going to get punched in the face right by life or by some guy attacking you on the street then it's just another day you say okay that's that's actually normal right there's nothing wrong with me um there is nothing wrong with my ability to learn so what i just need to focus on is the next next step the next small next step, step. But yeah i mean it's like fear and adrenaline isn't it i mean fear and adrenaline if you accept that you're going to feel fear and adrenaline yes then you're 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 gonna it's gonna be far easier for you to sort of progress rather than be paralyzed by it mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. the problem with a lot of people when when they get into a skirmish which i refer to as fighting by the way mm-hmm. uh, the first thing is they experience that fear and adrenaline and we all experience it you know some of us at lesser degrees with more experience but things we still experience it you still get the quickness of breath you still get the heart palpitations you know you still get the the alertness but it's a case of recognizing that and and thinking okay i'm in i'm in that fight mode or because you obviously don't want to be in flight mode but the point is it's embracing that and understanding it and recognizing it and i think most people misinterpret those signals Mm -hmm. uh because there is psychologically there is a mind body link and we we get signals from our body, which then influence our thinking, and then vice versa. We get th- we get thoughts that influence our body. So you have to get a happy ambience between the two, and, and, and that's really where acceptance. And I'm going to come back to that again because it does sound quite strange, but acceptance does does come on top because if you accept, look, a I'm likely to be punched in the face, and it's going to be difficult. B yeah. I'm going to feel these emotions. Uh, you know, I'm going to feel my heart quickening, my breathing quickening. I'm going to feel a little bit on edge. I'm going to be a little bit nervous. Then if you accept those factors, you're going to find it much easier to deal with the situation because uh, rather than thinking, I didn't think it was ever going to feel like this. I didn't know that mm-hmm. punch was going to make me or feel like that. And that crosses over. That mindset crosses over into everyday life. If you, you know, you're studying for an exam, uh, you know, you expect it's going to be difficult studying for that mm. exam because exams are hard. That's the purpose of them. It's to test you. It's to, it's to give you that benchmark. If you're in a relationship with a person, then sometimes, you know, you're going to have ups and downs with that person. And, and that's no, going to- I want to find the perfect wife. Right <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, not, we're never going to fight over anything ever. <laughs> Ever, yeah, ever, right. ever. I know that feeling. But, you know, the, the reality is you accept people for what they are and, you know, the problems what you, you would what you endure, but that's the perseverance. Yeah. But sometimes, uh, you know, acceptance is one thing. I also think having, uh, having a reason, having a reason or a cause is also another 
another factor that mm. motivates your yeah. mind having to struggle, basically. It's like if you get your ass kicked every day and people beat you up every day, then you're going to be very motivated to learn martial arts and self-defense. Like, if yeah. you have your back against the wall, you're going to be very, very motivated to do something with your, with your life. Yeah, I, I think, you know, people... A lot of martial arts instructors, when you talk to a lot of guys at the top, and I, you know, you read their stories, they've had problems in their childhood that they've been mm. bullied, or and it seems to be a common thread. Really. Oh yeah. I, I thought I mean, like I thought there was something wrong with me because you mentioned these uh, feelings that you get before a fight. Um, I would feel my legs filling up with lead and my stomach just like this emptiness in my stomach, and I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought I was a coward because I had these feelings, right? And maybe some people yeah. listening can relate to that as well. Yeah, and the yeah. truth is, is actually just like you mentioned before. It's actually very natural. It is. It's it's normal. I mean, that's why. I mean, we put a video out uh, a long time ago on my YouTube channel, and and uh, I was talking about how realistic is your training, mm -hmm. and that was what the one aspect that I was trying to allude to that you should feel nervous when you're training. If you're yeah. training to obviously prepare yourself to fight, you know, because this is the mindset. This is the mind part of it you should feel nervous. I mean, I remember uh, training with my Sifu and some other colleagues as well and, and watching them training and, and watching them sparring and actually feeling quite nervous that I'm going to have to get in there next on the next change of partner. Yeah. And, you know, you can feel your heart rate going up and your breathing quickening and you're sort of watching time and thinking, I'm up next, I'm up next, yeah, I'm up next. Yeah, yeah. But if you didn't feel like that, then you wouldn't get used to the adrenaline and the, you know, your mind wouldn't get used to being constantly put in that situation. So, and that's just the training, not the fight. The Mm -hmm. It's a little bit easier, but you're still going to have that experience. You're still going to feel that. Uh, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I think it's, for me, fighting, as I always say, and I, I say that loosely because I don't condone fighting. I think, obviously, it's not something we should do mm -hmm. on a societal level. I mean, we don't promote it. But obviously, there's benefits to training how to defend yourself, which is what we're talking about, the mindset. And for me, I think the majority of training martial arts is 90 of the fight, shall we say. Let's say the fight mm -hmm. is, I'm going to just throw a figure out there, is the majority of your mind, maybe 80, 90%. It's, mm -hmm. it's very little physical. It's yes. really, because if you don't believe it, we've seen it all the time, haven't we? We've seen top boxers, MMA guys, mm -hmm. wrestlers, you know, in, in combat sports. And they've got the talent, they've got the skill, they go out there, but they're just, they're just not right on the day. They just don't quite have it sitting there in their mind and, you know, they lose the fight. And it's not because they don't, they're not talented or they, they couldn't pull it out. It's purely because their mind wasn't in gear. And, mm. you know, I say it on our channel all the time, psychology wins fights. And yes. it, I don't. I don't care what martial art you do, if your head's not in gear and you can have the best fighting system in the world, if you're not head's not in gear, it's not, it's not going to work for you. Absolutely, absolutely. And I was watching an interview with Mike Tyson, and he actually said the same thing. He said, a fight is one before the fight. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. I mean, oh. you... I mean, you've seen some of his stare downs before the fights. They were scary, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he, he was describing it, actually. He said, like, when he knows that, how does he know that he's going to win? He looks, he was, uh, uh, he would look the guy in the eye. And if the guy would look away for even like a, an instant, 
he knew he would he was going to win. Yeah. But you know, a lot of that self confidence and it's also reinforcement as well as reinforcement of behavior because there is that element. Uh, I mean, I'm actually going to probably follow this up at some point. I've got a couple of videos planned in this area. One of them is on eye contact in a fight uh, mm -hmm. and the confidence issue as well. I'm just trying to figure out the best way to, to do the video. But the point is that there is two elements to this. There is that you make eye contact with the guy. He looks away and then you feel I'm more dominant now. Yeah. Uh, but then the other element is that you have – reinforced your own superiority in your mind over that other person so yes. you become even more confident because they've looked away so there's the you know the dominance direct in the sense that they look away in your physical psychologically and to a certain degree physically dominating them but then there's also the element that you've then reinforced your own uh mm -hmm. should, I, should i say psychological superiority over that person but fight's definitely one psychologically rather than physically and you know look i'll give you a i'll give you a little bit of personal disclosure i was saying to my class about uh a few weeks ago we were talking about confrontations and fights and i said to them mm -hmm. i noticed when i was a young a young guy i used to get into a lot of you know a lot of fights i'm not proud of it but you know you're young you would do but as i got older what i noticed is i, I got in, into probably an equal amount of confrontations but less of them ended up as fights, mm -hmm. as actual mm -hmm. physical fights. And as the years went on, and bearing in mind I've had well over 30 years to think about it, the reason why, uh, I worked it out that the difference was in body language and, and perhaps even, you know, body language is part of it, but also the psychology of it. Because mm -hmm. I get into confrontations, and these are everyday confrontations that people get into, you know, right, right. road you know, people in buses and tubes and what have you, just normal things and bars, uh, nightclubs, you know, the usual sort of uh, high-stress environments where people are very excitable quite mm -hmm. quickly. And what one of the things you notice is that the way that you hold yourself, your persona changes and the way that you talk to people, uh, you know, simple things like eye contact, uh, the way that you're, you hold your body, the way you position yourself, it tends to give off a different impression to people, in which case that in itself starts to de-escalate and diffuse the situation because the person knows they're in a real, a real, uh, they're going to be in a real conflict, a real fight if they mm -hmm. if they escalate, and, and that's the difference I think in having the right mindset because the mindset you have to believe and you have to have that confidence and the preparation for that. Going back to the start is you know acceptance again, accepting that. If you and I, I mean, look, let's let's put it like this. If I was in a situation right now, uh, and someone was someone was being really aggressive to me, my approach is very very simple. It's a case of look, look, buddy, you know, look, my friend, look, we we don't really want to do this because if we do this, we're both going to get hurt. The difference is. <laughs> In yes. my mind, you're going to get hurt worse than me. <laughs> you're definitely going to get hurt worse than me. <laughs> but we're both going to get hurt. But no. I accept that. Do you accept that? And and that's not the words that I would say to the person, but that's what I'm but thinking. That would be, yeah, yeah. That would actually, what you would be transmitting with your body language. And, yes. Uh, they would Absolutely. pick up on that. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I noticed that when, when I had a lot of anger, inside of me and when I had something to prove like I was trying to see if my Wing Chun would actually work in a fight I would 
I wouldn't say I actually attract these kind of situations, but I would create them. Like somebody yeah. bump into me on the street, I would look back and like, like oh, what are you doing? Like, you know, like, yeah. very proud and, and uh, very weird attitude. But once I, I got a bit more balance in my life, once I started to accept myself just the way I was, um, I didn't really, you know, these kind of situations just stopped happening. That's a common denominator, isn't it? Right. You were a common denominator. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So when I changed, you know, my external environment changed. And like attracts like, you know, yeah. you, you will attract trouble if that's what you're after. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I think we all go through that phase when we start training, especially if you start training young. I mean, uh, you start training young. And especially with the type of martial art that we do as well, because we're not ring-based in mm-hmm. sense of, you know, we don't get to fight in the octagon and or the boxing ring. Yeah. Exactly. We don't really get that output. So because of that, you tend to be more highly strung when you're younger. If you're training very, very hard, you tend mm-hmm. to be in, you know, less likely to walk away from confrontation when someone bumps into you in a bar or spills a drink on you or looks at you very funny. You know, I would never start trouble, but certainly when I was a young man, I would never start trouble. But if someone, you know, starts to trouble me, I equally wouldn't back down. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. now, it's, now it's very different. I'd be quite happy to back down because I, I'm quite confident that, you know, I could pull your arms and legs off of you quite quickly yeah. and, uh, you know, reassemble you again quite quickly. Optionally. So, yeah. So it's like, just like a friend of mine said, uh, I, uh, I disassemble people and then I ask them for money to put them back together. <laughs> <laughs> there you go for a business model. Yeah, that's a pretty good one, actually. <laughs> As I was saying to people, isn't it? I teach martial arts, but if you want to fight on the street, you have to pay me for the lesson. It's, uh, yeah, it's the same. I, yeah, I definitely would not. I, because, again, you accept, you, you know, it comes back to that acceptance as well. But also, you know, going back to this, this you know, mindset and preparing yourself, you know, one of the things that I think is really important is always remembering why you train and what you train for. Yeah. Uh, and that's what crosses over into the everyday everyday arena. Because, for example, some people, they really do have, uh, you know, challenges in their lives that are outside of a martial art. And they could be, they could be mm-hmm. ill, they could have an illness, uh, you know, they could be struggling to pay their bills. It could be something that is really innate and difficult for that person to deal with. And I think when you have something to fight for, when you have something to think about, something to focus on, that reminds you through those hard times that that's what you've got to dig in and, and, and work for. And that's what that's what makes a difference, I think. When you don't have anything to fight for, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, it doesn't give you that focus because everything's going to be hard, right? At the end of the day, if you're facing a situation where you're you're ill, for example, then, you know, you want to get better, but you have to get better for a reason. It's not just for you. You have to think about all the people around you. Yeah. You know, it's the same for self-defense even. I say to guys, look, you know, you don't think about yourself. You think about your family. I'm sure at the end of the day, you know, your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, they wouldn't want anything to happen to you. So mm-hmm. you've always got to put your safety first. And if it means walking away from a situation, then walk away from the situation because you don't want 
your family going to your funeral and you know being a third person you know looking from looking from from above down seeing those that hurt and that, yeah. that hurt and pain and other people on the people that love you their their face so you know always enduring but always knowing there's a reason why is back to that acceptance mm. and you know i personally think that a lot of a lot of people who are like daydreaming of maybe changing their jobs, you know, following their hearts and just doing, you know, creating the kind of life that they want. And the people that, who dream about martial arts, I think the, the number one reason why they don't start is because they see other people who actually are doing it as being somehow different than they are, or being, as, being, um, as having some kind of capabilities they, they don't have. Whereas the truth is that, you know, it doesn't matter what you think about others. Like, you have the capacity to do what you need to do to get there. Yeah, I think, you know, hard is, is, is greatly undervalued. Uh, and people do think it's the hard work thing. Look, most mm-hmm. people, you know, I see it a lot. I teach a lot of people. And, you know, as soon as it starts getting hard, there's that saying, isn't it? Tough get going. Yeah. You know, when it going gets tough, it gets going. Uh you know, you see it a lot. Some people will dig in uh, and some people give up. Why is it you can have two people and they start training and when it gets hard, one person gives up and the other person carries on? Because one, you know, as I said earlier, accepts that it's going to be a difficult road and mm-hmm. maybe has a reason to train. Maybe they're doing it because, uh, you know, maybe it was because they were bullied or maybe it's a lady who was in an abusive relationship and, you know, she's looking at it from that perspective. You know, whatever it is, they've got something greater than the actual difficulty that's facing them at that point in time. And I think, as I said, going back to the start of, of our conversation, when we started talking about the, the people that have it easy give up sooner because they've never been challenged. And when they face adversity, they give up. Yes. And I think going back to, you know, this adversity thing, it, it's... It's, it's tense, man. It's, it's so important to experience it. It's not mm-hmm. pleasant. We don't like it. I, I, you know, I don't like it. But unfortunately, if I don't experience it, I, I don't grow. And I think martial arts in itself can replicate that on a very simplistic level that can, that can help your mind and then take you out of that for everyday life. And, and mm-hmm. that's really what we're talking about. How, how do martial arts improve that? Awesome. Um, do you feel that, you know, you mentioned that your jiu-jitsu training was, was horrible in the beginning, that you didn't enjoy it at all. Um, do you feel that you're maybe a, bit, a lot more humble now or more understanding towards other styles of martial arts than you were before? Or what do you feel has changed since then? I think I'm, I'm much more humbled, actually. Look, you know, I... One thing I find about the jiu-jitsu community, and I really respect those guys. I mean, I, I obviously, I, I still class myself as a Wing Chun, very much in the Wing Chun community. Uh, the, one, the difference with, with jiu-jitsu guys is they have, uh, and funny enough, I'm actually going to do a video on this at some point. So I'm not plugging the video. I'm just in the process of writing the script for it and, and mm-hmm. thinking about how I'm going to do it again. But it's, it's this, it goes back to this idea of failure. The one thing about jiu-jitsu and it also goes into mixed martial arts as well. But let's just talk about jiu-jitsu. Is they have the submission. And a submission is a very powerful tool because what you're doing is you're getting the person to say, I give up. And that in a, in a, 
in a fighting situation is very powerful. It's like it's like pulling up a white flag. It's like saying you're better than me. I'm giving up. It's it's quite a profound thing to say. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the things I notice about training jiu-jitsu, you get guys that come into it, and when they first start, uh, you know, they don't want to give up. They really don't want to give up, and then they're forced to give up because obviously the pain becomes too great, or they're going to pass out through the choke, or something's going to happen, and they have to tap, and they don't like it. They don't like it. You can see it. It's just like I had to give up, and then after a while, you become more humbled by the process because it happens a lot. It happens again and again and again and again and again. I'm sure you, you weren't. I'm sure you weren't any of these guys. You weren't like that in the beginning, right? No, I I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, uh, but because I I'm very open-minded. But obviously, you know, like everybody, you have an ego, and right. you know, like everybody, to be honest with you. And if you don't have an ego, to to a certain degree, there's a problem as well because it. everybody should have some self-respect for themselves. Yes. They should be proud of themselves to a certain degree. Egos become a problem when they become egocentric, when you want to be better than everybody. You think you're bigger and better than everybody else, but yeah, you should always, yeah. if you don't respect yourself, then you can't expect other, uh, expect other people to respect you. And that's one thing I always say through training. But uh, no, I, I think what happens is you get, you get, you get submitted and then you mm-hmm. have to accept that. And then you have to go back on the mats and do it again. And you get submitted again and again and again and again. And then eventually you become quite acceptance that this part of the process and you don't think of it as failure anymore. You have to think of it as you have to reframe the process and think, well, actually, what did I learn from that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, for example, if I got caught in an armbar, what I do is I don't think, oh, I got caught in an armbar. The guy's going to break my arm. Mm-hmm. I tap and then I think, OK, how did I get caught in that armbar? How can I, I reframe it? And then I think about how can what can I do different next time that I don't get caught in it? And that's very different from from when I used to train. Well, I still train Wing Chun, but it's very different when I was younger training Wing Chun because we didn't have that uh, submission. We didn't have mm-hmm. that ability to say, you know, stop, let's reset. Basically, yeah. it's not. It's more of a grey area when you're training striking arts, yes, when as opposed to grappling arts, because. You know, you might feel you're quite dominant over the other person, but they also might feel that they're quite dominant over you. And um, let's talk about T-Scale, for example. It's just, it's just a simple exercise. We all know that. But you might think you're dominating the other person, and they might think they're dominating you. Mm-hmm. And there's never that, that clear-cut definition because it's a training exercise, and we're not trying to knock each other out. There's no finality to it. And that's the main difference I found if I was going to compare the mindset of people that train jiu-jitsu and the mindset of people that train Wing Chun, mm-hmm. in, in jiu-jitsu, it's much more final. In other words, you submit or you don't submit, mm-hmm. okay? But if you don't submit, you're going to experience pain and eventually you will. <laughs> you will. So there, there's no – it's very clear cut. It's very black and white. The other person, yeah. they – I don't want to say one because for me, there's no winning or losing. But the other right. person dominated – and whereas in Wing Chun, you find there's a lot of uh, ambiguous state to it. Unless you're actually physically going to hit the person, knock them out, or win them, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's very difficult to have that. It's, it's quite ambiguous. And therefore, the mindset, and I, I'm only speaking out here, you know, 
freely off the top. And this is only my opinion, but I, th I think mm -hmm. that contributes mm -hmm. to a different mindset within the Wing Chun community. I yeah. think what happens is that because we become quite reliant on drills, and the drills are very ambiguous about who's actually physically dominating the other person, mm -hmm. then it's difficult to train and progress your mind to be able to face a real combative situation because you're not ever having to re-evolve yourself each time. And, I, yes. you know, I, I, it's not necessarily a failure in the training. I think it's a failure in the training in the environment uh, rather than the style. I'm, I'm always going to say that, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, for example, it sounds quite cruel, but when I train, when I was quite young, and it's even now to a certain degree, when I tra train, I quite often hit my students in the solar plexus. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I hit them in the solar plexus is because it wins them. Yeah. Now, most of the time, most people will say, well, that's really cruel. You shouldn't be doing that. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a reason why I do that, because if I win them, it gives them a realistic feeling of being hit. It doesn't injure them. Yes. Uh, it doesn't. It panics them. It creates the same sort of psychological panic because they lose their breathing. Uh, they can't, you know, they can't put it's very similar to a submission because what you're doing is you're preparing their mind. Uh, for example, I, re I remember this many, many years ago. I had a guy, he wanted, I was preparing him for a fight and he was, uh, he, he had a fight coming up and he wanted to prepare for it. So he said, oh, you know, see, can we do some training? I said, yeah, let's just, let's just move around. Let's do some light sparring. Well, actually mm -hmm. it wasn't sparring, it was heavy sparring. Right. But the point was, uh, you know, he started getting out of breath. So, I continued hitting him, yeah. <laughs> so he's getting more out of breath. So I continued hitting him even more, to the point where he started to panic. He's, I think he, he had a panic attack because he couldn't breathe, mm. but I wouldn't let him stop. Right. Now, the reason why I wouldn't let him stop was because, you know, you've got to, you've got to progress through that, because if you're in a fight, mm. someone's not going to say, you know, okay, okay let's, let's, yeah, yeah. let's just start. Yeah, let's take time out. Let's go again. Would you like some yeah. lemonade? Exactly, and some flowers to go with that. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it's part and parcel. But that's what builds the mind. And sometimes, to a certain degree, when coaching and teaching, you have to be cruel to be kind. And you know, unfortunately, many times I've been cruel. But it's only to be kind to build that type of mind. Look, it's, it's no different if you're a drill instructor and you're preparing your, your troops to go to war or training them for the battlefield, you can't be nice about it. You know, at the end of the day, you're training them to survive a very harsh mm -hmm. situation uh, that they're going to experience, and you have to be cruel to be kind. And it, mm -hmm. there is that element to that. So uh, I, I think that's also part of the mindset of developing people, and that in itself crosses over. Yes, and it, it comes back to this idea of not expecting things to be easy, expecting things to, uh, you know, to expecting that you're going to have to work very, very hard in life and also in training to get to where you need to, to be. And that's, uh, I think that would be a very powerful key to succeeding in anything you do. Um, awesome. So if you if we were to summarize everything in one idea, what advice would you give to the people listening in terms of mindset and keeping a strong mindset? Well, pre uh, preparedness, psychological preparedness is, as I was saying earlier, is essentially acceptance of failure. So embracing failure for what it is and building on that uh, because you need to recreate yourself. And also 
always having an objective, always having a reason, a purpose. I think probably a purpose rather than a reason because that sounds quite fluffy. Yeah. Always having a purpose for why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you have a clear purpose, then you're going to be you're going to be more prepared, psychologically prepared, and therefore that's going to help you definitely towards uh, physical preparedness as well. And that carries on to your everyday life, not just your cycle, not just your martial arts, but your your everyday life. And that's really important. Yeah, so I really, really enjoyed this this conversation on mindset. I found a lot of common things, uh, you know, from what I knew, and I also learned a lot. Um, And by the way, guys, follow uh, Sifu Mark on Facebook as well. He's he started playing around with Facebook Live. I was taking notes at his uh, last uh, um, training video. And um, I've seen also on Facebook that you're going to be going to New York organizing an event over there. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, actually, it's a Wing Chun uh, event, essentially, but it's, a, it's hybrid in the sense that we're going to be looking at the psychological aspects of training Wing Chun, which sounds very fluffy, but uh, look, you know, I always view Wing Chun, Wing Chun as a, a close call to fighting style. I think we'll all agree what we do in our art is we specialize in that. Mm-hmm. But being quite close to someone is is just as psychological as it is physical. You've got to have the intention to fight and defend yourself. So, you know, one of the things I've been working on a lot when I've been communicating uh, with people about Wing Chun is the fact that it's a close quarter fighting style. Mm-hmm. You've got to be close and, and you've got to be prepared for the psychological violence and the intensity of violence mm. that you experience because I noticed that the uh, I was teaching a seminar, I won't say where, but I was teaching a seminar in a country. Uh, I won't say which country because it'll probably work out who it was. Mm-hmm. But uh, we, I had a question from one of the attendees, and he said, uh, I spent the whole seminar talking about spring energy and forward energy and how we have the spring energy in our arms and we want to bridge, and when we get close, it allows our hands to spring forward. Right. And the whole, the whole seminar was based on this concept, this notion. And uh, at the end of it, this guy put his hand up and he said, I said, are there any questions? Because I always invite questions, and he said, uh, or I don't like to stand close. Right. And I, I, you know, I, there was this silence for a minute and I said, <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, but there's, you know, the motive of the reason why I'm saying, telling you the story is because what he meant was he prefers to defend himself from the furthest distance possible in a fight. So, so I know ideal self-defense is never to fight, but let's just say we've gone through all the barriers and we have to fight to defend mm-hmm. ourselves. You know, the style and the martial art that we train, we bridge, we clinch, we close the range, close the range quite quickly. Well, he had this mindset that he would like to stay on the furthest possible range right, and not right. engage the person and somehow stay still be safe. able to use his wing churn. Yeah, right. exactly. That's exactly the point. Right. Stay safe. And that comes back to what I was saying earlier, acceptance. You're going to get hit going to be difficult, the person's going to be angry, they're going to be screaming, they're not going to give up, they're not going to fall over the first and time. And you're going to miss. Exactly, you're going to miss. So I guess the point of the, the way that I approach my seminars are that we, we embrace those ideas and with that, uh, you know, we train and I teach guys how to, 
how to employ their approach of Wing Chun. I don't say this is my approach and you have to do what I do. Yeah. What I do is I, I go in with an attitude of, look, let's look at the fight. Let's look at the violence. Let's look at the situation. Now, how do we apply what you know and, and make you comfortable applying it? So I take it from that angle. Uh, I don't I don't go into seminars with guys that train Wing Chun and say, look, you know, what I do is better than what you do. You have to do it my way. Uh, I don't agree with that. I think we learn from each other and I learn from lots of other people as well. What I do, however, do is go in and say, look, if you want to learn how to defend yourself or use Wing Chun in a combative situation, it's a violent situation. So how do we meet that situation both physically and psychologically? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Physically being with Wing Chun, being your style of Wing Chun or the way you train it, but then how do I tweak your mindset to get you to... To, to apply it and the first of all is the acceptance and we come back to that and there's there's a few exercises a few things we do that wake people up and make them realize that hey you know I'm, I'm actually really going to be in a proper fight now if this isn't going to be a nice chisau drill where we're yeah. going to be playing so uh yeah i'm going to be in new york on uh the 21st of september i'm going to be teaching what we call fight science tactical workshop Mm -hmm. uh, fight Science is our YouTube channel. You can look it up. It's Fight Science on YouTube. Uh, our domain name, our URL is is uh, YouTube forward slash London Wing Chun. Mm -hmm. But if you search for Fight Science, you'll find us. But the, the uh, workshop is named after our YouTube channel. So that's why it's Fight Science Tactical, uh, because we look at applying Wing Chun, but we look at the psychological aspects of it. Uh, and as I always define, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring this to an end, uh, you know, we always make a distinction between what's self-defense training, what's mm -hmm. fight training, and what's martial art training. And I, I always, in, in all the publications that I speak in, all the videos that we do, mm -hmm. I always say there's a preparedness for each and each separate quantity. So yeah. you prepare differently for self-defense, you prepare differently for a fight, you prepare differently for a martial art, you yeah. train differently for each environment. So, uh, you know, on the on the workshop, we'll be looking at those. Uh, so if you're in New York, come see me. It's uh, it's, a, it's an easygoing vibe. So uh, and I'm always happy and willing to share information. I don't teach with secrets. And obviously, it's going to be very Wing Chun based. So I'll, I'll teach you what I know. Yeah, that's actually one of the things that I appreciate the most about your um, your videos and your content is that you're very, very open with the uh, with your knowledge. And um, yeah. Yeah, thank you. I try, I try to be like that because, I, you know, we all learn from each other. And I think the more you share, the better everybody gets. And, yeah. you know, it's not, a, it's, not, it's not about individuals, really. It's about the community as a whole. So I try to contribute to the community the best I can. And, you know, people remember that. If they get quite good and they remember, you know, the person that, that helped them along the way, then, then, then that's great. If not, no drama. At least, you know, I've, I've done my part. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Guys, check the description. We'll have a link with the um, with the event, and uh, of course, if you haven't already subscribed to Fight Science TV on YouTube and connect with uh, with Sifu Phillips on Facebook. Thank you so much for your time once again. It was a pleasure. And, Thank uh, you very much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. I talk too much sometimes, but uh, you know, I've just got a genuine passion for what I do. So uh, you know, and props to you for doing this. I think it's 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 a worthwhile project and. No, we should just keep it going, really. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm sure nobody, nobody's complaining about the uh, length of the content. 
No, no, not at all. I mean, you can you can download it and listen to it as you go along. Can't you? you don't have to listen. To People are actually vacuum. They're they're cleaning their house and they're listening to this uh, podcast. Okay, guys, thank you so much for uh, tuning in, and I'll see you guys next time. And if you've enjoyed this um, episode, be sure to share it with your friends. It will absolutely help me as well on my journey towards helping 1 million people become their strongest version.